The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the evolution of the influencer marketing channel. Joining us again is Kate Talbot, who is a marketing consultant and Forbes contributor, and she was also the first woman to ever be a guest on the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Kate and I talked about the current state of influencer as a marketing channel, and today we're going to discuss how influencers are leveraging their audience to launch direct-to-consumer brands. Okay, here's our interview with Kate Talbot, marketing consultant and Forbes contributor. Kate, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Great to have you back. Always a friend of the program. Yesterday, we talked about the status of influencers, how it's not just the Kardashians, it's not just the macro influencers, but there's a trend towards what we're calling micro influencers and nano influencers, which are people that have audiences of 1,000 to 50,000 followers. And now that there's these marketplaces to be able to aggregate all the influencers, you have the ability to sort of spread the love instead of just, you know, try to get on keeping up with the Kardashians. There's also another trend that's happening in the influencer space, which is influencers are becoming brands themselves. Talk to me about what you're seeing in terms of influencers selling their own products. Well, I think as we all keep up with the Kardashians, we saw how Kylie Jenner made the Forbes list as one of the top self-made women out there and has a billion-dollar company. And all she's been using, besides obviously her fame from the TV show, is Instagram and Snapchat, really, and her social media following. So what I find really exciting is that people are building their own brands and creating their own products and just leveraging these low-cost tools to tap into their communities to buy the products themselves. So not only are you seeing this with the Kylie Jenners of the world, but kind of back to that micro, nano, other kind of influencers, everybody else that has this passion is following that trend. Talk to me about the type of products that influencers are making. Are these all, you mentioned, primarily direct-to-consumer products? Any specific industries, any type, class of products, price points? What do you know about what's been successful? Definitely. What I see as being successful is fashion and beauty and the price point around $30 to $90. I think some entrepreneurs want to sell high-quality con- or like bags or couture. I think people really just want to feel the product. And so to do like $400 to $1,000 on Instagram or YouTube is a little shaky. So what I've seen as success is like $30 to $90 of people will spend. 
So fashion, beauty, and that's probably correlated to what the focus of the influencers are promoting, right? You get a fair amount of women that are influencers that are talking about fashion and beauty products, and now they're starting to build their own. Definitely. Are there any other brands that you're seeing and who's been the most successful at doing this? Again, the Jenners are the most successful, but within the marketplace, one example who I wrote about before, just Deepika, she worked at Birchbox and then has been a makeup and beauty influencer for the last three years, working with really top brands all over the world. And she just realized that as an influencer, she has so much impact and she also has a business mind. So why not create a product that really fit the community that she's built? So her community is called Live Tinted, and it's all about helping women of all skin tones find the right products that make them feel beautiful. So she created a hyperpigmentation stick that she can use for under eye, lips, and then cheeks. So she's been really able to tap into her market to create a product that fits their needs. So that's probably the best example. So it's interesting that people are building an audience first before building a product. And the question that I have is, okay, this woman was an influencer and she worked at Birchbox. So she had some understanding of product development in the beauty and fashion space. But there are a host of influencers that are out there that are tremendously successful promoting other beauty products, but they don't necessarily know how to make them. So how are influencers sourcing their product development? I think that's the most exciting part because like Kylie worked with a company in the US and I think that a lot are finding the right manufacturers, whether that's here in China. And I think just finding the right manufacturers and going from there is like the first business need and finding the right fit so that you can create a product when necessary. So are people using their influence to build business relationships, to spin off products? Are the brands coming to influencers saying they're going to build white label products? Do you know what the dynamics are and what those relationships look like? I would assume, uh, I can't say for sure for 100% that most influencers are using their network to leverage product building because they're being within an ecosystem of understanding how they're seeing how brands are creating it. So they're just learning and then trying to create similarly to that. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. 
Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. You mentioned yesterday that health and beauty is the most common place for influencers and some of the most popular influencers like their Kardashian. There's also a host of other women that are talking about beauty products. There's also some men that are becoming macro influencers. What are the products that the guys are spinning out? Well, one of my favorite ones to follow is Curvy Wife Guy, and he just produced a song about being a curvy wife guy. So I think that's like the ultimate leveraging being an Instagram husband because his wife is a body positive influencer. And he created a song and a music video all about how much he loves his curvy wife. So there is also an entertainment and music value to all this, especially since all this is very visual. It's all related. You know, you're watching on Instagram or you're watching on YouTube. So everybody's creating something that has some visual or entertainment value, I would say. So I understand that Kirby Wife Guy, he's creating his own following based on he's kind of piggybacking off of the success his wife has had. But is he spinning out a product? What are the products that the men that are influencers are starting to launch? Yeah, I mean, I think across the board, you would definitely see like protein powders from the male fitness. Also like razors. Beauty with men is actually like building and building, I would say, especially since they're getting more discovery through Instagram and other channels. So anything that people want to buy from a consumer product for men to make them a little bit more beautiful is kind of just out there. Fellas, let's keep it tight. Let's keep it beautiful. (laughs) I imagine that there's also not necessarily just a product standpoint. By that, I mean personal care, but there's also fashion, right? I'm assuming that some of the brands that are being spun out are actually fashion brands, not necessarily just health and beauty products. Definitely. I mean, this is not just influencer end, but something like Albers, which is pretty male focused, is something that is really a good example of a brand that's really tapped into the male market and using direct-to-consumer branding to be able to scale. And they've done really well within the Silicon Valley market, especially with the men. We also talked about how influencers are popping up as B2B influencers. And the funny thing is, I never really considered myself to be an influencer, but what we're talking about makes me think that the podcast we're speaking on now is essentially building an influencer type community. So should I be spinning out some sort of product? (laughs) Yeah, you should. Well, let's talk about this. Do I need a beauty product or can I just start hawking software instead? I would hawk software. I mean, look at that MailChimp on Serial. Just start creating a software product and keep putting it in your podcast and then you don't have to have any sponsors. You're just getting all the money through direct to you. Perfect. Everyone, go buy something from MailChimp, please. (laughs) For the record, they are not a sponsor of the podcast, although I would love for them to be. But one of the things that I've joked around about, you know, had this harebrained idea of helping people launch their own independent consulting practices. And I wanted to spin out a CRM that is specifically for freelance consultants. Help me connect the dots between I have this product idea, I'm building this community. What else do I need to do to make it successful? I think that you have this podcast, so you have a content channel, you have the community that is listening every day. So why not just use two minutes in between podcasts to talk about your software and how freelancers can use it? And I'm assuming a lot of your community, if you're looking at the data, is freelancers as well. So you have like eight out of 10 of the boxes checked. So keep posting your podcast with the sponsored by this product. And then the more you see it, the more you see it, people are going to buy. Yeah. My problem is the product development here. I don't actually have the product to sell. My product ideas aside, where do you see B2B influencers being able to either sell their own products or promote other software? 
I think the place that you see B2B marketing and influencers the most is probably Twitter. And then also LinkedIn is coming in strong. But also, I think the best place that B2B influencers talk is at conferences. You know, you see them all the time talking at like sales at Dreamforce, which is Salesforce or IBM conferences. And they're talking about the new technology. And because they have a background as a futurist or, you know, a specialization in AI or whatnot, they're becoming the go-to people for that kind of technology. And so B2B brands are tapping into them to have them come to their conferences and give their viewpoint and their thought leadership. Here's the thing that concerns me is product development, mostly on the B2B side, right? It's not cheap. You have to have a software engineer or you have to be an engineer yourself. Getting educated is not inexpensive. Making health and beauty products is, you know, also expensive. That's a lot of risk. How are influencers mitigating the risk of building their own products when they have an audience and a thriving business on the influencer side? What I think is so exciting is that product development is so different now with social media. Before you would have to do focus groups or do survey monkey and pay random people to give you insights, but you already have your community that watches your content, engages with you, and they want you to win. For example, you could put an Instagram story out there and ask to vote on a poll and say, which branding do you like better, left or right? Which name do you like better, this one or that one? So you have all the resources you need and you have an engaged audience. And if you think about any product, that's exactly what you would want from the start. So you're not even starting from scratch. You're just leveraging community and the content tools in front of you to win. And I think that's what excites me the most about this place is that these people will win because they already have built such a following. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you're able to not only get advice about what your consumers want while creating content, which feeds the original business, but you're also able to create content during the manufacturing process about showing what you're building and build some interest. And, you know, the pre-launch phase, you're able to drum up some interest. So when you actually do launch and start selling your product, people are already aware of it. They've already been marketed to. They have their four to nine impressions and you're able to sell right off the bat. Yeah, it's a win-win to me. And I hope that one day I can make a product and then you could too. And we could all just be living in our influencer glory. Kate, when you make your product, let me know. I'll be happy to buy some of your beauty products. God knows I could use it. <laughs> a face built for radio. And that's why I'm a podcast host. And uh, <laughs> as soon as I spin out my uh, consultant CRM, I will let you know. On that note, wonderful to connect with you again. Thank you so much for being our guest and for being a groundbreaker here on the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for having me again. I feel honored. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Kate Talbot, marketing consultant and Forbes contributor for joining us. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Kate, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Kate Talbot 2 K-A-T-E-T-A-L-B-O-T, the number two, or you can visit her website, which is katetalbotmarketing.com. A couple of links in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions or your topic suggestions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. 
Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we have a once a week newsletter. So you can go to benjshap.com slash newsletter to subscribe. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.